Well, I got to tell you, it's the end of the week, and we know at the end of the week, it's time to go inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Sotolaro, and here he is, the guy, the guy I missed last week, my good friend, Kelly Grayson. KG, how are you doing off on special assignment last week? I think yeah, you're, uh, I think it's a little bit of a secret squirrel stuff, man. CIA stuff, isn't it? I mean, what the heck? Yeah, going yeah, on? it's 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 very hush hush. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Um, well, it's good that I'm in St. Louis, so I wouldn't worry about it very. But much. I'm I'm glad to be back, man. It, it, you you fill a void in my life, Chris. I, I there was something missing and empty in me for the last week, and now that that stop void it. is now filled. Stop, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Just I I don't like where this is going, but. Uh, you know, Kelly, I'm glad you're back. It's always fun. I mean, you know, one of the things, you know, back in the old days before electricity, as you know, I used to do uh, the EMS leadership podcast with Rob Lawrence and Don Lundy and Patrick Pianetza. And we met every week and we did a show and we did it for about five years. And it was really like hanging out with the boys every Wednesday when we would mm -hmm. record, you know, and it, that's what it is. I kind of look forward to every week of just getting with you and kind of spending some time, you know, since we've been away in this uh, time of pandemic, we haven't had the opportunity to, you know, to meet with our peers and meet with our friends and, you yeah. know, just kind of catch up. But, uh, you know, you've kind of, uh, you know, allow that to happen. So that's enough cheese for this week. So we're going to move <laughs> off the cheese, but I'm going to allow you to set up this topic because we've talked about it before. And now we're revisiting it again. And uh, go ahead and start us off. I want to talk about ketamine, specifically how well-meaning or perhaps not so well-meaning legislators uh, screw up our practice by, by trying to legislate issues uh, in which they have absolutely no knowledge. Uh, I'm referring to House Bill 21-1251, uh, in the Colorado state legislature that's going to restrict proposes to restrict paramedic use of ketamine and other drugs considered chemical restraints. Uh, this is in response to a, uh, a, an incident uh, where a, uh, uh, a man was sedated with ketamine at the request of the police uh, uh, and uh, had an adverse outcome. And, and, uh, the, uh, commission, uh, tasked with, with investigating that found the police and the paramedic providers, uh, in Colorado at fault, uh, for, for this outcome. And now it has spurred not just in Colorado, but in other States, a, a, uh, a push, uh, among legislators to, to, um, restrict the use of, of ketamine and chemical restraints. And as is usual with legislation rather than regulation and, and, and policy uh, generated by medical professionals, uh, the politicians are mucking it up. Um, Chris, you know, ketamine, good drug. Uh, I love the drug. Sometimes I even give it to my patients. But um, what do you think of, of uh, uh, this legislative process where they try to to legislatively define our scope of practice, what we can and cannot do with no consideration of the, the medical aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really good question. And, and I think that's something that we want to be able to look into, but the, we, I think first, before we do that, we have to touch on the mistakes that were made yeah. to allow this to happen. This is the this is the knee jerk reaction right now. Yes, we, we need to be able as a career field 
to get with the legislators to say, dude, you know, I mean, this isn't, this isn't the way to do this, right? Or however we say that as professionally as we can. But we have to be able to address the fact first that we've got to do our business better and cleaner than the next guy, because we don't really know the specifics. I know that they talk about that there was fault, but, you know, in this day and age of the cancer cancel culture, I mean, are they just trying to find fault in something that maybe there was no fault? I mean, we can't sit here and armchair quarterback the fault, right? But it's still the challenge, Kelly, that we've got to talk about that the job that we do has to be beyond reproach. It's got to be the very best Mm -hmm. that we've got because this is the outcome that we don't want to have, right? You talk about ketamine being a drug that is, I mean, this is an incredible, this is next level drug for Mm -hmm. our, for our formulary that will allow us to do so many things that uh, we've been trying to get. I mean, you know, back in the old days before electricity, you know, we were using, you know, paralytics and then we had atomidate and then we had ketamine and it's just the, it's just the growth of this. So, you know, before we get into what the lawmakers are doing, which I think is going to be an important discussion that I want to get back to, we have to be able to address how are we doing our job? You know, now we're starting to see paramedics being held accountable for their practice. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I think that that's where the challenge starts. Yeah, it's it it all goes back to our our frequent admonition that we need to police our own, uh, because if we allow outside uh, agencies and outside bodies uh, to police the practice of EMS, it is going to wind up screwed up. And it always does. Uh, I'll I'll go back to to uh, the the lack of regulation on the helicopter EMS industry and and uh, the safety issues there with uh, with frequent helicopter uh, medevac uh, crashes and and you know if you wait for the NTSB and the FAA to to uh, do something about that almost certainly the regulations and the restriction they're going to impose are going to be far more stringent than is necessary uh, and workable. Uh, and the same thing holds true for ketamine. The same thing held true for uh, the, the fentanyl uh, hysteria that has gone on for the last uh, three to four years, um, where you find some, some bodies proposing to restrict the use of fentanyl as an analgesic because some idiot uh, uh, took some heroin with fentanyl, laced with fentanyl, or uh, far more likely, some idiot reporter breathlessly reported a fentanyl overdose uh, from being near it or hearing it spoken by some police officer, uh, and, and never fact-checked his his sources, and, and and you have this hysteria that starts. Ketamine is a great drug. It is like any drug. It has indications, contraindications, precautions, and a dosage range. But as far as sedatives go, it actually has a pretty wide dosing range, a pretty pretty uh, safe therapeutic index. It's hard to mess somebody up with ketamine unless you just, uh, you know, dramatically overdose them. It doesn't preclude the, the possibility of an adverse reaction, uh, an idiosyncratic reaction, uh, uh, or an allergy. Um, but for the most part, it's a safe drug to give. And, and one of the benefits of it is, is we can achieve relaxation and, and sedation without adversely affecting cardiovascular uh, status and their respiratory drive. But you give enough of it, I, I, you know, I suppose you can depress those things. But the thing here is, is, is in this, this bill, 
they they propose to to regulate or or restrict the use of ketamine outside of the hospital and and uh the it, it's unpacking the statement from these lawmakers is is uh requires a bit of reading here but here, the bill would bar EMS providers from administering ketamine or other drugs considered chemical restraints under Colorado law, absent a justifiable emergency, adding that excited delirium is not a justifiable emergency. Oh, no, 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 sister. Excited delirium is a justifiable emergency. It is an express train to death, and chemical restraint is a necessary part of trying to circumvent that process. Uh, we're not talking about somebody that's fighting or unruly or resisting arrest. We're talking about a phenomenon that is a major factor in a lot of in-custody deaths uh, and, and adverse police, uh, uh, adverse police uh, um, deaths, uh, in-custody deaths, uh, because of people under the influence of these drugs. Uh, we, we forget sometimes, and what these lawmakers obviously don't know, is that physical restraint does not help the patient. It, it, it helps the caregivers. It helps the police officers. But the goal in excited delirium is to stop the fight. And by physically restraining the patient, you haven't stopped the fight. You've just transferred the fight from patient versus caregivers to patient versus restraints. And all the physiologic cascade that, that causes uh, adverse uh, events and, and deaths from excited delirium is still ongoing. You need to be able to sedate the patient. And, and that's just the thundering herd of ignorance that, that comes from this bill by saying that excited delirium is not a justifiable emergency. They go on to say that, oh, well, we'll, we'll let EMS uh, administer ketamine or people outside the hospital administer ketamine, provided they weigh the patient. That's a, that's a uh, and most uh, EMS uh, advocacy organizations have, have rightfully stated that's a, a, an unrealistic hurdle uh, to, to clear uh, and it's unnecessary. You know, so Chris, and it's not just uh, not just Colorado doing this. Uh, there's a South Carolina bill uh, as well uh, that would make it a crime to use ketamine to in incapacitate subject suspects. The thing is, is we need to we need to separate the medical issue of administering chemical restraints and sedatives when necessary from the practice. Uh, of assisting law enforcement by administering medical interventions that may or may not be necessary. And we talked about this. You, you and I had a good conversation about this in a past uh, podcast episode where it's foolish to just do things because the cops ask you to. Uh, yeah, our, job is, our job is not to make their job easier. If we can, great but it does not need to be at the, at the, the cost of, of sacrificing patient care or doing inappropriate things to the patient. And, and those are two separate issues. You need to hug, man. You went on a rant. You were on a soapbox oh, yeah. right there. Well, yeah, yeah, man. By gosh. <laughs> and when I'm in charge, things are going to change. When your legion of flying monkeys take over the world. Yeah. When, when they complete my quest for world domination, man, we're going to have ketamine dispensers on the street corners and, and, uh, 
<laughs> awesome. Sorry. Yeah. So, but I think that there was a lot to unpack in your, in your, you know, soapbox. Right. Yeah. And, um, but you're right. I mean, it is a good drug. And, and one of the things that I think I took the most from what you said came there towards the end to say, we don't need to do our job because somebody else is asking us or somebody else wants to be, yeah. you know, made a little bit easier. And, you know, we, we try to ingratiate ourselves with our peers and first responders and, and police to try to be part of their team. But sometimes we got to say the word no, just like they say the word mm-hmm. no about transporting people to the to the, you know, that don't need to go uh, uh, to the hospital. Um, you know, they could put them in the squad car and they could take them. But the answer is a lot of time is no, you take them in the ambulance kind of thing. We've got to be able to stand on the ground. But with that, you know, we, we've got to, and I know you, you don't agree uh, a lot on this side of it, but we've got to be able to follow the medical director's protocol that says mm-hmm. that this is the way that we handle these situations. And, you know, when we start to go outside of the protocols, that's when we're in the heat of the battle of, of doing the best care that we can. And we say, you know what, I think they can benefit from this. Let me go ahead and, uh, you know, get on the line and, and, or let me go ahead and give it a go and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. But when we are, we are now changing the practice of how we do medicine because someone is asking us, asking us to do it. Yeah. We are just inviting trouble, open the door, come on in, invite trouble. And, um, but now we're in the position that we've got to be able to weigh people before they, we are giving ketamine. And I think that that's really kind of crazy. Now, what what are we going to see? Are we going to see that, uh, we're putting scales on how are we going to do that? How are we going to weigh somebody? You know, we've been doing weight-based medicine for, mm-hmm. you know, our, our whole careers, right? And, uh, you know, uh, four milligrams per kilogram per minute or four micrograms per kilogram per minute, whatever it is, man, right? Yeah. We not only had to do it by weight-based, but we had to convert the kilograms before we did that. And we did that with some great success. But now as the as the lawmakers have gotten involved to say, you know what? you guys screwed the pooch on this and we're going to go ahead and get involved in this. I, I don't know whose fault this is, man. Is it really, I mean, you're pointing fingers to the lawmakers to say, you know, the, the folks who are sitting up there, you know, with the stick in their butts who are making decisions based on, you know, they have no knowledge in their ivory based, towers. Exactly. But they're basing the decisions on the fact that somebody died. Yeah. And uh, is it really their fault? I mean, it's the fault that we weren't there in the middle of it to say, whoa, 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 let us let us educate you on this. And, and I can't say that for a fact. I don't know that that didn't happen before this bill passed, that there wasn't a bunch of EMS advocates walking around the hall of the state legislature, you know, talking to the lawmakers to say, hey, hey, don't go down this road because, um, you know, so we're just supposing that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But with that said, this is the this is the this is what we get this is what we get yeah you know and and there are as we speak now uh uh, ems advocacy uh organizations like the national association of ems physicians and and uh uh, american paramedic association and others that are that are spoken out and, and and written papers uh and written responses to opposing this bill uh and pointing out the the uh, number of flaws in it. Uh, and, and they have pulled the bill, uh, um, to, to review the language and, and potentially, uh, amend it. But, uh, it, it's such a stinker that probably just needs to be killed altogether. Um, I, I don't know that you can polish this turd, uh, to anything other than, than a dull sheen. Um, but it's, you know, it occurs to me that, that much of this 
is is kind of backlash. Uh, we're getting caught in the splash of, of uh, backlash against policing in this country. Um, and uh, a lot of, of people who are believe that the police are, are um, uh, being overzealous with their policing uh, and, and uh, uh, that sort of thing are, uh, you know, we, we're, they paint us with, tar us with the same brush. First of all, I don't think that's the case. Um, but uh, it, it still begs the question, are we doing our patients uh, uh, medical care appropriately if we're just sedating them at the officer's request? That should be a medical decision. And in the case of Elijah McLean, he was not combative. Uh, he was he was adequately restrained. Uh, he was awake and talking. It, it was not a case of uh, excited delirium from what you read in the reports. Um, even so, he got 500 milligrams of ketamine and another 250 milligram dose of ketamine, uh, and he was significantly overdosed. They they estimated his his gave him a dose uh, appropriate for a hundred kilo person, uh, and he weighed roughly uh, 140 150 pounds. Um, despite that, uh, the the medical examiner noted that that ketamine levels in his bloodstream were therapeutic. So that doesn't preclude uh, an adverse reaction to ketamine that, that you couldn't have foreseen. Um, and it also demonstrates uh, in a weird way, the safety of ketamine, because you know if, if you can overdose someone to that large an extent uh, and still uh, have therapeutic levels in the bloodstream rather than toxic uh, levels, it, it demonstrates the wide therapeutic index of ketamine. It's a, it's a good drug to have and we need to educate our, our uh, lawmakers uh, and our policymakers uh, that these drugs, ketamine, uh, your benzodiazepines, your your powerful analgesics like fentanyl that everyone is scared of, was a far more uh, or far more effective and safe drug than say morphine. Um, all of these drugs are a necessary part of the EMS formulary uh, and do not need to be overly restricted. That is a medical decision that can be handled by internal policy and strong medical oversight. If you want to do anything, require strong, stronger medical oversight. If you're going to pass any laws, you know, mandate that, that medical directors be paid for their services, not just the volunteer medical director who, uh, or the absentee medical director with a, a rubber stamp that, that oversees 20 EMS agencies, like some of them do in Texas. I don't know that this, I don't know that this is a medical director issue, but. You know, I like no, I don't think, I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. But what I'm saying is, is if that's rather than say, uh, let, rather than, than trying to, to practice medicine, uh, via legislation, uh, pass legislation that requires a doctor um, do those things. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that it's certainly in the case of, uh, of the uh, Colorado uh, case with Elijah McLean, uh, I don't think a medical direction was lacking. Uh, I think that the education of the lawmakers on what medical direction is, is used for and, and, and how we operate in the field is severely lacking. But yeah. hey, so, but I, yeah, but I think that, the, I think you hit the, you know, you hit the nail on the head, you know, a couple of times here and you kind of lost me there at the end, but, um, 
you know, the, 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 the bottom line comes down to that. We've just got to be able to do the right thing. Right. I mean, yeah. we gotta, yeah. we gotta do our job the best thing that we can. So we don't lose these opportunities. I mean, and one of the things that could happen here is that, um, you know, just because Colorado did it, just because the Carolinas are doing it, there's going to be some lawmaker who's going to read this, who's going to think that they can make a name for themselves, who are now going to go and they're going to try to do it in their state as well. Yeah. And we've got to be able to make sure that we're doing the best jobs that we can to ensure that these things don't happen. But are you enjoying the show? Please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Contact the Inside EMS team at the show at ems1.com and share your ideas, suggestions, and feedback. Or if you'd like to join us as a guest and don't forget our shout outs, we're happy to send a shout out to somebody every week. Uh, just go ahead and send us an email at the show. But Kelly, it sounds like we have a clinical issue here. We do have a clinical issue and, and an advocacy issue. There is still time to stop this bill in Colorado. Uh, there's still time to stop the bill in South Carolina. All it requires is us stepping up and being advocates and stewards for our profession and making sure that, that EMS is regulated and, and, and uh, managed by EMS. We just have to make our voices heard. But that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. What are you doing in your state to educate your lawmakers on issues like these? We'd like to hear your thoughts at the show at ems1.com. And for myself and co-host Chris Cedalero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.